Food Heals Podcast, episode 248. I'm always telling women, you're more than your breast size. Your breasts do not define you. They're not going to make you happier. You really have to search inside of you and truly love and embrace and accept your body because our bodies are doing so much for us every single day. Half the time we take it for granted. Dig in deep and figure out where this lack is coming from. Confidence to me comes from the interior. It doesn't come from how we're dressing or getting our nails done or how we look, anything like that. It's on a much deeper level. Holistic Voice presents the Food Heals Podcast with your hosts, Alison Melody and Susie Hardy. Join the Food Heals Nation and learn the secrets to go from feeling unwell to healing yourself. Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In rare cases, women have experienced a strong desire to change their status update from hashtag blessed to hashtag OMG even more blessed than yesterday, hashtag loving life. If you've experienced any of these symptoms, make sure to tweet to Kardashian immediately. All right, welcome Food Heals Nation. Thanks for joining us. I'm Allison Melody. Today I'm chatting with wife, mother, health and fitness expert, and self-love guru, Christina Rowland. After experiencing breast implant illness and an eating disorder, Christina now coaches women online in the areas of weight loss, binge and emotional eating recovery, and health and wellness. This is quite a story, Food Heals Nation. I'm very, very happy that Christina shared with us today. But first, Food Heals Nation, OMG, (laughs) there are only three months left until our vegan Italian getaway on the Amalfi Coast. Can you even believe it? I am beyond excited over here. And luckily, we still have a few spots left. I'm hoping you, yes, you will join us. It's going to be June 15th to June 22nd. And June is really the perfect time to be there. The weather is great. It's not as touristy or as hot as it gets in July and August. And it's just pure fun and pure sunshine. Quaint villages and enchanting views have drawn people to the stunning Amalfi Coast for centuries. I mean, I'm not kidding you. Your photos will break Instagram. (laughs) We explore Sembroni Gardens, which is just a quick walk from the villa where we're surrounded by plants, trees, flowers, and unforgettable views. We'll stop there for gelato and wine and just enjoy this picture perfect setting. What else can you expect? The food. The food is the best food I've ever had in my life. You will not go hungry on this trip. There's an abundance of delicious restaurants and we'll be cooking. Our amazing retreat partner, Leslie Durso, will be teaching us everything we need to know about not only what to order at restaurants and how to eat the best food, but also how to cook the most delicious and healthiest Italian food with healthy substitutes that won't leave you feeling bloated or like you ate too much, you know, that vacation bloat. I'm talking about. You won't get that in Italy, at least not on our retreat. One of my favorite things that we do are the boat rides. So for example, we take this beautiful day trip to the island of Capri. It's just a stunning place. So much fun, great shopping, beautiful beaches, good swimming, and the food is divine. My other favorite thing about the trip is the infinity pool at our villa where you can relax with a book or a glass of wine and just enjoy the sweeping views of the Amalfi Coast, all just steps away from your room. Like last year, a few of us took naps out there while everyone else was napping inside. We were kind of napping by the pool. We also hike, we shop, we swim, we eat gelato, and there's a really fun olive oil tasting. There's so much to do. It's a very active retreat, but we also 
we go inward, we talk, we bond, and we become, you know, like true sisters. So if you want to join us, you know what to do. Email me at info at Food Heals Nation. Let me know that you're in. If you want to see the brochure, get the pricing, which includes almost everything except for your plane ride, um, just go to foodhealsnation.com and click on Italy. See you there. Food Heals Nation. Next up, my amazing interview with Christina. The Food Heals Podcast starts now. She is the founder of Size Happy, which is currently the hottest self-love movement online. And she's on a mission to radically change thousands of lives. Please welcome today's guest, Christina Rowland. Hey, hey. So happy to be here. Thank you. I'm so glad we finally connected. I've I've been wanting to talk to you for so long. (laughs) (laughs) Likewise. Awesome. So I know we have a very pertinent topic today that I'm really excited to go into. But before we get to that, can you tell Food Heals Nation a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure. So I'm a wife, I'm a mother. And what I do, so I'm kind of in the mix of two different things right now. So I'm a coach for binge and emotional eaters, but I'm also, especially after my explant, um, very heavily involved in breast implant illness education, you know, informing women about their breast implants and impossible symptoms and side effects that can be associated with them. Yeah. And I'm really excited to talk about this because we haven't addressed this issue on the podcast yet, which I actually am very surprised because so many women are suffering from this. So I'm really happy to have you on to be our resident expert on implant illness, because a lot of times people are going to their doctors and having all of these problems and their doctors can't determine a cause because either A, they don't know what this is or they don't believe in it. And they're just telling women, oh, you're fine. You know? Yes. Yeah. We hear that all the time, whether it's, it's in your head or we can't find anything wrong with you. Your lab work looks great. Everything looks normal. No, it's benign. Or there are even some women who get diagnosed of, let's just say, lupus or MS or all these other autoimmune type diseases when they potentially might have them. But I have seen some stories where they got diagnosed with, let's just say, lupus, but then after their explant, all those markers went away. So it's like, okay, well, did you even have it to begin with? So right now it's just such a complicating thing. And for anybody that's going through it, like there are so many times where we just feel lost and we're so scared and we don't even know like what's going on with our own body and nobody else can even give us the answer. Yeah. And what a terrible place to be in. So let's give women listening now, whether you might have this, whether you have a friend or family member you're thinking about that might have this, may not even be aware or maybe considering implants. Um, Christina, take us back through your journey and what you did, how you discovered it and how you've healed it and you're now helping hundreds of women heal. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. My Facebook group, I just opened it um, in September and we're already over 1400 members in that short amount of time. So it just goes to show you women out there are finally connecting the dots and it's just amazing. But I want to take you back when I was, let's just say a teenager, young twenties, I wasn't too confident, very insecure with my body, and I just wanted breast implants. So when I finally was able to save up the money and get them, which I was 23, almost 24, I went ahead and did it. And back then, there wasn't the data out that there is right now. Our surgeons were telling us that they're completely safe and there's nothing to really look out for, be worried about. 
And some women were told that they're lifetime devices, that they never have to get them removed. Um, But I'm lucky that my surgeon actually told me, you know, every eight to 10 years, you need to get them removed. So I was like, okay, yeah, whatever. You know, I'm 23. I really wasn't caring about my health or anything back then as much as I am now. I got the breast implants and I was perfectly okay for about five years up until 2011 when I had my son. And after I had him, I was just always really, really tired and had the brain fog, just couldn't think straight, you know, forgetful, all that stuff. And I just chalked it up to being a new mom and a new stay at home mom. And, you know, I'm just overwhelmed and I'm stressed and I'm tired and I'm bored, all all of that. But over the years, it never went away and it just actually kept getting worse. And I never wanted to do anything or go out. And it just seemed like the fun, bubbly girl that just used to be go, go, go was now like very introverted and never wanted to do anything. I mean, just the thought of running errands all day, like having to go to Costco and then maybe go here and stop there. You know, if I knew we were going to be out for like four hours, I was just already so exhausted thinking about it. Yeah, you know that that's different from how you felt in the past. So that's showing you there's something to this. Yeah. And um, it wasn't until 2014, October 2014, when a lymph node in my armpit started to get really like inflamed and tender and sore. It just started to hurt. And I didn't know at the time that it was a lymph node, but I went to my gynecologist and just told her about it. And she said, oh, it just feels like a lymph node. It should go away. But if it goes away and then it comes back, I would definitely go see a doctor. And she didn't seem too concerned about it. So I didn't seem concerned about it. I was like, oh, she probably sees this in the office, you know, maybe quite often or whatever. And so I went on my merry old way. And then in December, so a couple of months later, it did come back. And that's when I was like, okay, there's definitely something going on in my body. Some my body's responding to something. Your lymph nodes don't just swell up and get tender for no reason. You know, they have to, to come in contact with something that's irritating them, whether it be bacteria, virus, fungus, you know, whatever it may be. And it was also around that time where just my anxiety and my depression really started to get triggered because of this, because I didn't know what was going on with my body. And I'm somebody who, since I was like 14 or 15, I've been studying and just obsessed with health and fitness. So I was really good with nutrition and taking care of my body and exercising and everything. And at the time, I think I was maybe like 31. And I was like, I should not be going through all of this right now, the fatigue and the memory issues and not um, at just all. anxiety and depression and my swollen lymph nodes. Like what is going on with my body? That's so young. Yeah. And this was also the year in 2015. Now we're coming into where I started to um, lose a lot of hair, like way more than usual in the shower, ringing in my ears. My eyes were getting really dry and blurry at times, and I was getting more eye floaters. Um, I had low libido, so just no desire at all to want to have sex or anything. My hormones were just, I could feel just so out of whack. Over the years, I would just carry these symptoms on into the next year. And in 2017 is when 
my hip joint pain started like really bad. So just to kind of give you like the visual, when I would get up in the morning, it would be really achy and stiff. And so I would have to like bend over and like stretch it out. And it would take me anywhere from like five to 10 minutes to really get it warmed up. And again, I'm young thirties. I exercise, I take care of my body, low inflammatory diet and everything. And I'm just like, why am I dealing with all of these issues? And then the the real kicker for me was when I started to experience the gasping for air and the shortness of breath. Oh, that's and scary. <laughs> it, it is very scary. And I'll, I'll never forget it. I was just doing laundry upstairs which doesn't take much energy, right? And it shouldn't. I'm just, yeah, and I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just like gasping and I just can't get like a satisfying breath in. And I was like, okay, this is not normal at all. And actually earlier that year is when I discovered breast implant illness. And so I was like, okay, I have to really start considering getting explanted this is not normal. I do not feel good. I don't ever want to do anything. I'm just tired of being in pain. I can't find any answers. And let me ask you, how did you find out about the illness? Because I still think that unless you discover it somehow online or from a friend, women do not know about this. So how did you discover it? I was lucky enough to be sitting on the couch one evening and the news just happened to be on like in the background or whatever it was on. And there were like four women on the news getting interviewed about how they recently got explants because they contributed a lot of their um, symptoms and autoimmune issues and recent diagnosis related to their breast implants. And they called it breast implant illness. And the surgeon that they went to just just so happens to be like 20 minutes down the road from me. So I think it had to do with that surgeon's office as well. Wow. Yeah. That's like telling you something right there. I would have chills. Like, am I supposed to do this? Yeah. And when I saw that interview, it was like, it was like my soul had all these alarms going off, like ding, 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 ding. This is exactly, this is exactly what's going on with you. And I had no hesitation. I was like, I'm, I'm getting this out. This all makes total sense to me now. You know, in 2015, I went very alkaline diet, you know, didn't do sugar. I also removed a lot of toxins from our household. So I got rid of all my toxic makeup and our toxic hygiene products and our toxic cleaning products. And in 2015 is when I really, you would say like go overboard with just really trying to figure out what my body's responding to and why I'm feeling the way that I am. Um, So when I found breast implant illness and I was like, oh my God, why didn't I even consider that it's not coming from an exterior source? It's actually coming from inside of me from these two foreign toxic breast implants that have been in me for almost 12 years now. Like makes total sense. And anytime I ever went to the doctor's office, whether it be because I was experiencing anxiety or because of my lymph node or because of a lump in my breast or whatever it may be, none of them ever thought to ask me if I had breast implants. Whereas I think now with breast implant illness being on the national news and you're seeing a lot of really big influencers on social media who are finally, you know, having their own dots connected and they're openly speaking about getting explanted and everything like that. I do hope that 
in the future, doctor's office, surgeon's offices, you know, everybody is going to have on their questionnaire, you know, do you have breast implants or do you have any foreign objects or mesh or anything in your body? Yeah, because right now it just seems like a cosmetic surgery that's harmless. That's how it's touted. And that's what the doctors say, you know, it's kind of like when you read the back of a pill bottle or um, the insert of a medication, or you watch something on TV and it says side effects may include blah, 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 death, you know, and you're like, well, that's not going to happen to me. I mean, we know better, but like when I used to watch those commercials, I would think, oh, they just have to say that, but it's not going to happen because it's so rare. And that's how it is with getting breast implants. Like I'm sure they say, they don't even tell you how bad it could be. But when you sign that form or whatever, I'm sure it says like, here are the possible side effects, but you have no clue how prevalent those side effects are. And I don't know, Christina, if you know what the percent of people who suffer from breast illness implants once they have them, but the stats that I read were staggeringly high. I mean, you just hear more and more and more and more stories coming out, and if not each week, each day, of women who are experiencing the same cluster of symptoms who have breast implants. And it doesn't matter if they're saline breast implants or if they're saline breast implants, which surgeons have always said, oh, the saline breast implants are safer. Well, we're coming to find the truth that that's not the case. So for instance, saline implants can harbor mold and bacteria and fungus in them. Whereas even with the saline implants, the shell is still made up of 40 plus toxic ingredients. So you're still getting that silicone shell with the toxins and the inside is made of of, uh, saline, but now you're running the potential risk of it harboring mold, bacteria, fungus, biofilm, um, and still leaking. Mm. So you made the decision to explant and I applaud you for just doing it so quickly and just being like, you know what, I'm done. I mean, I know that our sense of ourselves and our sense of our beauty is so tied to our breasts. And so what was it like going through the explant and how did you heal afterwards? Yeah. So going through the explant, I was excited. I mean, I just, I was excited to finally have that faith that I was going to get my life back and my health back. Again, I felt relieved. I felt, let's just say 80% like relieved and ready and gung-ho and just slightly scared, you know, because you're going under the knife and you don't truly know what's going to happen or what you're going to look like or what they're going to find once they get in there. But overall, after I set up my explant date, I was just, I was ready for it. My actual explant surgery was only about three hours, no complications or anything like that. And I mean, I would say I ended up healing really good. I'm six months out right now, and I have had a couple flare-ups over the past six months, like one flare-up, for instance, like there was one week where I was gasping for breath a little bit more and I was losing a little bit more hair again. But overall, I am feeling like a brand new person. I just have that spark back for life. I'm motivated to actually do and create things now. I have the energy to do and create things. All of my symptoms, besides a couple lingering ones, are 100% gone, just not improved, just gone. And you know, I just wish I would have known about this sooner and got it done sooner. That would have been my only regret. And as far as the way like that I look, 
I was just like, I don't really care how I look. I just want my life back. If I'm flat, I'm okay with that. I really honestly just want my life back. I want to have that spark again. And I want to make memories with my family and not feel so tired all the time, you know? Yeah. Well, first of all, congratulations. I'm so happy for you. And I know that it's a journey and I know that you're well on your way to getting that spark back. I think it's like, tell me if I'm wrong, when I got my mercury fillings removed 10 years ago, because of the fact that I knew the connection between mercury fillings and autoimmune disease, and my mom had a metal mouth and had multiple sclerosis and then cancer. So I decided that if that was a connection, I was not going to have any metal in my mouth. So I had mercury fillings from childhood, six of them had them removed. This was 10 years ago. And like eight years later, I go to a functional medicine doctor and get all my labs done, blood, spit, stool, hair, skin, all of the things. And it turns out that I still had mercury in my system, even though I had had the fillings removed because mercury is very hard to detox out. So my question to you is when you get the implants removed, are there still remnants of the toxins that we then have to detox out in order to fully heal ourselves? Oh, yes, absolutely. And especially things like heavy metals, which can just accumulate in the body. You definitely want to find a practitioner or a naturopath, somebody who is well-versed in detoxing more on a cellular level. So getting really deep into those tissues and not so much just drinking, you know, the detox teas that you might find over the counter or anything like that. But definitely after you explant, you want to give it about four to five weeks to allow your body to heal from the trauma and to naturally detox itself. And then you want to work closely with somebody who can, whether it be blood, stool, urine, hair, whatever it might be, check your markers at that one month out mark, put you on some kind of protocol, you know, get that checked out probably about every three months. You don't want to detox any earlier and especially before you explant because you could pull those toxins actually from your implants and just make your symptoms a little bit worse. So in the BII community, we always say, you know, anything having to do with like a detox, you definitely want to wait till about four to five weeks after your explant and allow your body that time to naturally do that and then start introducing, you know, supplements or things like rebounding, dry brushing, all that stuff, infrared saunas into your day-to-day routine. This makes so much sense, Christina. Thank you for clarifying that. A friend of mine who I hope will come on the show, she's not ready yet, but she had been dealing with an autoimmune condition for years and years and years. And I knew that she had big breasts, but I never even realized that she had implants. She never talked about it. We're not like super close besties. So we hadn't you know, talked about that, but we've been friends throughout the years. We're both in the holistic wellness space. She just decided to explant and realized that she was suffering due to her implants. But for the longest time, for years and years and years, she kept doing detoxes to get rid of her autoimmune condition, constantly detoxing. And she was the only person that I knew that when she detoxed would feel much worse. And and look, when you detox, some people feel better right away. Some people feel worse and then better, but she was never really feeling better. And I'd always kind of confused us because it seemed like she was doing everything right. And now come to find out it was breast implant illness. But we didn't know that for years. And I never quite understood why the detoxes on her weren't working. But now it makes perfect sense because of exactly what you just said. So 
that goes to show to the woman who's tried it all, maybe you have done everything right. You're eating the right healing foods, you're exercising, you're detoxing, um, you're taking the right vitamins and supplements. But these things that are foreign objects to your body are constantly leaking, are constantly putting toxins in, and your body is striving and striving to keep up. And so this might be the missing piece. Yeah, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. <laughs> I know um, you that's, do, girl. <laughs> that's a lot of our stories is that over the years, we do the detoxes, we remove the sugar, we take all these supplements, you know, we do all the right things to try to figure out the answer or alleviate our symptoms or try to get our autoimmune issues under control. And while you may feel better, let's just say like for a month, it always comes back. And it's just like, well, what am I doing wrong? Right. And as far as what your friend's going through, it's, it's what a lot of women are going through until they finally realize or come to terms with the fact that it is from their breast implants. Oh my gosh. I feel like I am breathing a sigh of relief talking to you because I think that so many people are going to hear this and go, oh my God, now I can help my friend or this might be the missing piece for me. And a girl, another girlfriend of mine who's going to be on the show is doing a documentary about women explanting. And it is so controversial that she has reached out to people. They have said they're going to do it. And then they haven't been able to do the interview because they have been shut down by, I don't know who, Christina, but they've said, we're going to do it and now we're not going to do it. And most of these people are more high profile. So I do feel that just like when we're talking about cancer, pharmaceutical drugs, there is an agenda out there that doesn't want this information out there. And so I'm so happy that you're out there spreading this knowledge. So at the end of the podcast, we're going to give a shout out to all of the things that you do. But in case someone's listening right now, and they want to know, like, what can I do? I want to say join your Facebook group. So tell everyone what that is. And also, how are you helping coach people? What how can they work with you? Yeah, so my Facebook group is breast implant illness, rejuvenation and education with Christina. Um, so definitely request to join there. And you'll see that I ask a couple questions. Just say, hey, I found you from the Food Heals podcast or from Allison's podcast, you know, and I'll definitely let you in. Come in, listen to our stories, listen to our concerns, look in my files. I have a ton of information in the file section. There are some really good videos in the announcement section. And at this point, I'm not doing one-on-one coaching, so to say, with the breast implant illness community just yet, but something that I would definitely ask anybody who is listening to this who just discovered breast implant illness is I created a guide. It's called Discovering Breast Implant Illness, What Now? And it goes over everything that I needed to know when I first discovered it to make the process from this moment to well beyond your explant, you know, as peaceful as possible. Because I know a lot of times, you know, you might be hearing this for the first time and your head is spinning and your heart is racing and you're just like, oh my gosh. And you can feel confused and overwhelmed and you can kind of overcomplicate things or over question things. So that guide that I created will definitely help you. It's going to give you so much clarity and peace of mind. And you can get that whether you go inside of my Facebook group, you can get it there. Or if you're not on Facebook, you can get it at sizehappy.net forward slash BII guide. 
I mean, those, those two resources alone probably answer so many of the questions that you're having right now. So what are some specific things that people need to know when explanting? A lot of women, like when they first hear about breast implants and maybe they have implants, they think, well, I have, I have saline implants. They're safer. I don't have anything to worry about. And I know I kind of briefly touched upon this a little bit earlier, but so the FDA just came out with their report, but because before it was only associated with textured silicone breast implants. And the FDA just this month came out with a report saying that all breast implants, saline and silicone, textured or not, are associated with a rare form of immune cancer called BIA-ALCL. And what that stands for is breast implant-associated anaplastic large cell lymphoma. Even silicone implants have been associated with this now. So just research, look up BIA, ALCL, whether you have textured implants or saline implants. Your implants don't have to be ruptured or leaking or have any kind of gel bleeding for you to experience breast implant illness symptoms. Um, For instance, when I got my breast implants taken out, they were perfectly intact. I had no ruptures, no gel bleeding, nothing like that. But I was still feeling, I mean, quite literally like I was dying for the last seven years. And another thing, just because I'm the admin of a group, so I hear these stories all the time. And there are some women who go get a mammogram or go get you know, some ultrasounds done on their breasts to see if their breast implants are leaking. And the mammogram will show that it's not when in fact, when they go and get their explant, it was. So it's so hard because we're, we're trying to do all the right things and get the ultrasounds and the mammograms and see what's going on, even thermography, which is what I would recommend, not a mammogram. But it's really hard to tell what's going on inside your body until the surgeon gets in there to see, you know, how the implant's looking, if anything is stuck to your ribs or stuck to your tissue. I mean, some women have their breast implant seep up into their armpit area. So the surgeon will have to remove it (laughs) from in there. It's just, it's just crazy. So definitely get inside the Facebook group. And this information is not, I don't want to scare you or shame you. You know, if you have breast implants or anything like that, I'm strictly just here to share my story and to educate all of your listeners and everybody just about the potential risks associated with this. Oh, there is no shame. Oh my gosh. I don't want somebody feeling, you know, I I had breast implants. I totally get it. You know, I don't, I don't want you to feel like I'm, I'm judging or anything because I know it, it can come off that way sometimes. And, you know, I've been where you are, especially if you're feeling really ill right now and you're just like, this, this has got to be it. Like I totally get it. So you're not alone. It's not all in your head. We believe you and me and and this whole community, we're here for you. Absolutely. Thank you for that. And going back to the reason that women do this, I believe it's because we are bombarded with an unrealistic standard of beauty in our society. And what's really funny is that I don't think that anything that we do to our bodies externally will lead to self-love unless we heal within ourselves what is causing us to feel not good enough. Absolutely. Yeah, that's my personal opinion. And what's really funny is that I understand why women want to get implants from another perspective because I have D's 
naturally. I, if I'm very, very thin, I have C's. And I know if you don't have those, you're probably thinking, oh, you're so lucky. But I'm looking at all the skinny girls going, oh, you're so lucky. If only I was a skinny girl with E's, I would be happy. So the grass is always greener on the other side. You know, I've always wanted to be thinner with smaller boobs. And women who are thinner with smaller boobs often want to be maybe more curvy or have bigger boobs. And the thing is, is none of it matters. We have to find out how to love ourselves exactly as we are. So Christina, please tell us how you feel about that. Yeah, I mean, you said that beautifully. Again, a lot of women and young girls, because oftentimes it's girls in their 20s who are getting breast augmentations, We do it because we think that we will feel whole or we'll feel more womanly or more confident when, in fact, after I got my breast implants, maybe, maybe for six months I felt that way. But over time, because of those deep-seated issues, right, those limiting beliefs and the the, the insecurities and the low self-confidence and all that, it all went away. And so I'm always telling women, you know, you're more than your breast size. Your breasts do not define you. They're not going to make you happier or more successful. They're not going to help you find that soulmate. Um, And if you think that getting breast implants is going to save your marriage, well, (laughs) you know, I have stories for that too. You really have to search inside of you. And truly, I mean, I know it sounds so cliche because we hear it all the time, but just truly love and embrace and accept your body because our bodies are doing so much for us every single day. Half the time we take it for granted. It's helping us breathe. It's pumping blood through our body. It's digesting our food so that we have energy. There's so much more that we need to appreciate about our body than the size of our breasts or how you know, all the, all the exterior things that we think that we need to make us happier or sexier or more successful. It has nothing to do with material things or anything that can be bought. In fact, I would just say really dig in deep and figure out like where this lack is, is coming from or where it stemmed from. Cause for instance, you know, I see women who who are like me, basically, like really tiny and tiny breasts, and we're so confident. And then you can see those women who are like attractive and pretty and, you know, might have a nice figure, so to say, and they they can be very self-conscious and not confident. So confidence to me comes from the interior. It doesn't come from how we're dressing or getting our nails done or how we look, anything like that. It's on a much deeper level. Absolutely. Preach. Hashtag preach, Christina. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I want to share a practice with Food Heals Nation. If you're a regular listener, you may have heard this, but it's been a while, um, but I'm happy to share it because Nicole has shared this on the podcast before, Nicole Dursway, and she had an eating disorder. And so she obviously struggled with self-love and body issues. And so what she does every morning is just a simple morning meditation you can do in bed. She opens her eyes, she wakes up and then she takes a minute, closes her eyes and loves every single part of her body and says, I am grateful for my toes all the way up to her head. You know, my feet get me from here to there. My arms help me play baseball, whatever it is. And my hands help me type on my computer. What my fingers let me post to Instagram. I don't care (laughs) (laughs) what you're grateful for, but 
if you're grateful for every part of your body, you know, you can say it out loud. You can say it to yourself in a meditation, however you want to do it. This will just help start making it feel real to you. And sometimes you have to kind of say it even if you don't believe it. And that's okay. Because with repetition, what happens is amazing and you start to believe it and your body starts to make it true. And I think that that is one of the most under talked about part of our bodies. It's like, oh, go to the gym, eat right. Yes. Absolutely. But look yourself in the mirror and say, I'm amazing too. Tell your body you love it. Be grateful for it. And the results can be astounding. And I have to bring myself back to this quite frequently. I'll do it enough. I'll feel great. And then I'll start creeping back into the, I'm not good enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm too fat. I'm too whatever. I'm not tall enough. So I like wear high heels, you know, so you can tell when I'm wearing flats that I feel good about myself. When I'm in like the highest heels, unless I'm at like a gala or something, you know that I'm having self-love issues because I want to be ta- taller, right? So that's my tell, by the way. Anyways, I know that if I go back to those practices, I start feeling more confident and that translates to how I hold my body and how my body actually looks to the outside world. Absolutely. And just something that came to me as you were talking about that is social media mm-hmm. and how we can <laughs> compare our body, our what we have in our life, our lifestyle, our car. We can compare, <laughs> you name it, we can compare it on social media. <laughs> right. And so something that I always say is if you're scrolling through social media and you just happen to stumble upon an account and you notice that you're comparing yourself and you're leaving that account basically feeling ugly and fat and boring and all this. I challenge you to unfollow that account for at least 30 days. Unfollow all those accounts and tell me how you feel after 30 days. It's it's just amazing what social media can do for our minds and our mindsets and how it can make us feel unworthy if we truly let ourselves go down that rabbit hole, which oftentimes we don't even realize we're doing. Yeah. And be purposeful when you scroll. I mean, look, I scroll, I get it. I look at all my favorite accounts. I see what my friends are up to. I see what my favorite influencers are up to, but be purposeful. Give yourself a time limit. Don't do it as soon as you wake up. Don't do it right before bed because like that can cause bad dreams or like, you know, you to internalize whatever you've just seen. So be purposeful, do it in the middle of the day, set a time limit. You know, it's like, At any moment, we're waiting in line or a lot of people when they're driving, you just have this random downtime and you're on your freaking phone. You know, some of my favorite people are my friends who don't have Facebook and Instagram on their phone. So they only can look at it from their computer or maybe their iPad, but they don't have it at their fingertips at any moment. I'm bored. You feel an urge to to scroll, right? Mm -hmm. That's something that I've actually been being super intentional about as a probably this year is when I'm at a stoplight or when I'm just being to not want to pick up my phone and see what everybody else is doing to occupy my mind and to just truly sit with myself and enjoy the scenery and look at the car next to me, or maybe look up at the sky and not sit at that red light or in that line and just look down at my screen. So I'm being super, super intentional about that. And I mean, even in a short amount of time, I would say that I'm a lot happier, you know? Yes. And this reminds me, we keep reminding each other of other things, but our Mm -hmm. mutual friend, Katie Kremitzos, who has been on the show a couple of times, but she said on her podcast that one of the things that she did to um, deal with her food cravings 
was you have a craving and you go in journal and you see what comes up. And this is a practice that I use as well. So it's the same with social media. It's same with any urge, any addiction, anything that, you know, you don't need to do, but you just feel like you want to do, you know, as a distraction or as a, to not think about something. So that's social media. That's often food. You know, that's a lot of things, a lot of things that we have patterns, we have addictions. So maybe if you're feeling an urge, go journal, go walk away or go into gratitude because what happens is you just come to a place of peace when you do your gratitude and then you don't need that social media. You don't need that food or you don't need that sugar, whatever it is that you're craving to do that you don't really need to do right now. And then you can get back to business, whatever that is that you want to be doing. That's not an addictive behavior or a bad habit. Absolutely. So I struggled with binge eating disorder for five years and I know all about that behavior of having problems and having issues and feeling stressed and frustrated and just wanting to turn to food so that I could either avoid my issue, shove my issue down, forget about my issue, whatever it is. And I mean, regarding anything in life, because we all have our drug of choice. And for me, it was food. For some people, it might be um, sex addiction. It might be gambling, um, might be drugs, but you have to you're going to basically keep repeating those patterns in your life until you address those issues. They're just going to keep popping up and you're going to keep spinning your circles. So for me, it was binge eating. Oh, I have a problem. I'm stressed. Okay. Let me binge eat. It, those things really never solve anything. So I always say that you have to, you have to feel to heal. That's like my thing. You have to feel to heal. If you keep numbing yourself or avoiding things, you're not going to truly heal. Amen, sister. (laughs) You have no idea how I think Susie and I started this podcast and we're like, you have to feel it to heal it guys. Like, yeah, you can't suppress it'll I mean, if we want to get super woo woo, those suppressed feelings will get locked up in your energy systems in your body and show up as other symptoms. So you just got to release all that energy and it's like everything that you're not wanting to deal with. And you just keep shoving back with your hands, just keep shoving back or shoving down or pushing aside. They're never, ever going to go away until you just sit with them, discover where it's coming from, discover your triggers, discover your patterns, learn from it, realize, you know, what can I do better? And oftentimes it takes like removing things. So removing the toxic person, removing the toxic situation, removing the toxic thought or whatever it may be, and figuring out something healthier that you could be either doing with your time or thinking, so on and so forth. I could totally go off on another podcast episode with all that. Yeah, you really got to feel it to heal it. Yes, you are preaching to the choir. I (laughs) I learned this firsthand. Food Heals Nation knows my story, losing both of my parents at a young age and not understanding that there were seven stages of grief and pushing my grief down so I could live my life. And in doing that, I was completely self-sabotaging myself. And so I had to, I literally went to grad school at University of Santa Monica, which is like the school of learning to love yourself and forgive people and allow your emotions to come out. And I hadn't done that before. I hadn't cried. I hadn't bawled. I hadn't let the tears just fall for hours. I didn't know how to do that. And once I learned how to do that, I experienced so much peace. But had I held that in, I could have ended up just like my mom and dad who had cancer. And I'm not saying their cancer was from holding things in. I think cancer is multifactorial and there are many contributing factors to both of them getting cancer. But 
uh, as healthy as I am, if I'm holding things in, I might go down that path as well. Because a lot of, you know, Steve Jobs supposedly said before he died, like, I have cancer because I cannot let go and I cannot forgive. And that is profound, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Wow. It's so moving. All right, girl. Well, this is the Food Heals podcast. So I would love for you to give us some tips on some healing foods when you have breast implant illness, when you have explanted, when you are healing. What are some of the best healing foods that we can eat? Yeah. So a lot of us are eating bromelain or we're either taking that in a supplement form or we're having a lot of pineapple juice or just eating a lot of raw organic pineapple. But the bromelain really helps us to bruise less. And so you'll find a lot of us taking pictures with our pineapple. Um, So that's definitely something that we take before and after our explant. Arnica as well, that also helps with the bruising and swelling. And then apple cider vinegar, um, again, for the gut, the immune system. And then, I mean, I don't know about you, but celery juice. There's so many people on the celery juice cook. I am as well, but oh yeah, um, celery juice in the morning on an empty stomach. Those will be like the most common foods and soups, so to say, that you will find us eating and drinking to help with healing and gut repair and immunity. I love it. I do a juice or smoothie every morning. Often I do celery juice because it's very, very healing. And that is from the medical medium. He's the one that kind of popularized it. Mm -hmm. And I think once something gets popularized, it actually goes all over the internet. Like, is this a fad or a scam? Blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Celery juice heals people. Don't listen to the hype. Drink your celery. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I feel so much better. And I mean, placebo, whether it is or not, I don't know, but I'm feeling really good. So I love I'm going to continue drinking my celery juice. (laughs) I trust you. Um, So (laughs) I know we talked earlier about your Facebook group, but can you tell everyone what they can do, where they can find you online, how they can learn more about this? Tell us, give us the goods, tell us everything. All right. So the Facebook group, um, I know we mentioned it earlier, but again, it's breast implant illness, rejuvenation and education with Christina. Um, Request to join there. And I also have, just in case you're not on Facebook, I have the guide. So it's called Discover and Breast Implant Illness, What Now? And that goes over like everything you need to know regarding symptoms to look out for, what to expect with post-op care, the importance of on block, which you will discover what that is inside of there. You can go to sizehappy.net forward slash BII guide download it, print it, read it. If you have any questions about it, you can email me at christina at sizehappy.net. And then I've written a ton of educational articles on my blog. So if you go to christinasfitness.com, you will see a breast implant illness tab. So just click on that tab and, and every blog I've ever written, even my journey, my story, what I've gone through, what I've experienced, what I've healed. um, It's all under that one tab. So christinasfitness.com, and then you'll see the breast implant illness tab go there. And then if you're on Instagram, you can go to at sizehappy underscore with Christina. 
Thank you for all of those. And I just want to say that I'm a member of the Facebook group and it's great for me because although I do not suffer from this illness, I use it as a place to educate myself so that I can help family and friends who may be suffering because I have multiple friends who have had breast cancer who now have breast implants. I have multiple friends who have gotten breast implants because obviously of the same reasons everyone does. And I want to have the knowledge so that if they ask me, I can tell them exactly what I know. That's great. I do have a very small percentage of women who tell me they just want to join the group because they're considering breast implants and they just want to be informed. They want to hear the stories. And a lot of them come to me and say, oh my God, I am not getting them anymore. Thank Um, God for your group. That's incredible. (laughs) Honestly. Yeah. All right. One last shout out. So this, we are recording early because you and I are going to pod fest, which is something (laughs) very close to you. And um, I would love for you to give it just a shout out because when this episode airs, we will have just gotten back, but it is one of my favorite events that I do every year. And I'll be leading the women and wellness panel that I'm so excited about. And you are a big part of PodFest. So let's give it a shout out for anyone listening who may want to attend next year. Yeah, so uh, PodFest is going to be held in Orlando this year, actually in a couple of weeks. You can go to podfestexpo.com. If you're looking to start a podcast, monetize, grow your audience, PodFest is definitely the place to be. Yeah, so if you want to join us for 2020, it'll be in Orlando as well. Come hang out in Orlando with Allison and I and just have a great time. You can find more information on it at podfestexpo.com. Hope to see you there next year. Awesome. Thank you so much, Christina, for being here. I really, really appreciate you sharing your story with us. Yeah, it was an honor. Thank you so much for just wanting to educate your audience and bring this awareness to them because I can't do it alone. I don't want to do it alone. You know, we all, us women, just we need to keep educating on this topic because unfortunately it's just not going to go away anytime soon. And we got to help other women connect those dots. I could not agree more. Thanks, girl. Thank you. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, developing a more positive outlook on life. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to put in their Lululemons and take a yoga class while drinking a green juice. If you experience any of these symptoms, text your priest immediately.